the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. Good day to you. Good Wednesday. I am so interested in getting people married that when I said Wednesday, I saw the word wed in my brain. And I'll give you one more example of how uh, committed I am to that. I do a fireside chat every week for PragerU. It comes out on Thursdays. We've got many, many hundreds of thousands of views each week. And it's it's quite popular. I know it because of it's the first thing most people mention when they see me at airports or in restaurants. And each week I feature a question, a videoed question from someone who watches. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's a it's a young person, because most of the viewers of my fireside chat are young people. So yesterday, there was a th- it was older than usual. She was 31, and she was obviously very bright. The, and the, her, her mode of presentation of the question was very classy, and she, she was a very attractive a young woman. And I, in, in my answer to her, said, I don't know if you're married, but if you're not, I, th- I may have a guy for you. <laughs> Can you imagine how shocked she's going to be when she sees my response? She lives in uh, she lives in the New York uh, the New York City area. <laughs> oh, my friends, my friends! When I think of young people, I can cry, and I know that's a cliche. The reason things become cliches is some, because they're often true, and this is this is a a true instance, young people, what the left has done to them, the damage is is incalculable. When I I compare the the relatively untroubled youth of so many Americans, two generations, three, four, five, six, there were troubles. I mean, there 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 were economic problems. Obviously, if you were black in the South, you, 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 you were persecuted by Jim Crow laws. I'm, I'm aware of all of these things. But you had a sense of self. You, uh, for most kids in America, America was revered. Nobody denied its past. Nobody. The people who deny America's past are the left because they deny its greatness. Can you imagine if the standards of the left that are applied to America were applied to individuals? That no matter how much good an individual did, all you did was focus on the sins of that individual? Can you imagine that? You know that it could be done to every single person listening or watching this show, listening to or watching this show right now. To say that it is imprecise is to understate the case. It's it's sick. It's actually sick. All I will speak about you are concerns the bad things you have done in your life. Now, if you are a bad human being, that makes sense. So the question is, is the sum total of, of the American experience, 
a bad thing? That's the question. That's the question for all of us. Not did you do anything wrong, but was the sum total of your life positive or negative? Were, was the world or even, and I don't mean the, the entire humanity, the billions of people, but was the, the little world in which everyone lives, was it made better thanks to your having been born? That's the question to be asked. Not did you ever do anything bad. Is America's existence a positive or a negative I asked Howard's in that question. The godfather of so much of the rottenness. He was one of the few leftists who agreed to come on the show. And you could, you could listen uh, to the uh, video on YouTube. Listen to the audio, excuse me, on YouTube. He has since passed away. He is the author of by far the most widely used work of so-called history of the United States what I called many years ago a proctologist's view of America. I treated him with great respect because he came on my show. I adopted the, the well-known Arab ritual of no matter what, if you're in my home, I treat you with respect, even if I don't like you. Well, he was in my home. He was on my show, and I treated him with respect. Once again, an open invitation to any of the New York Times columnists to come on my show. Open invitation. I'll even go anywhere you want, or if you want to debate in public. We'll raise the funds so you'll make some money from it. Anyway, I asked him, is the world better or worse because the United States of America has existed? And what was his answer? He, he was neutral, right? He was neutral. Today, actually, I think that the average professor is to the left of Howard Zinn. I think the average professor today at your kid's university, unless your kid goes to a place like Hillsdale or some Christian college, seriously Christian, not Christian in name, the average professor would say, no, the world is worse because the United States of America has existed. I use the word sick to describe the left because it, it, the issue is not a fact-based issue for them. It is a, it's a pathology. I read yesterday, it's very valuable, I read to you a Washington Post piece the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the L.A. Times, well, I can't speak for the New York Times. Did, I, what, did the, what did the New York Times publish on July 4th? Was it analogous to the L.A. Times and the Washington Post? I am I, always precise, so I will just speak about the two I know of in this case. Did, did you bring the July 4th paper? I, I guess I don't remember seeing it. Yeah? So do you remember looking at it? And then it doesn't matter. Washington Post and Los Angeles Times, I assume, but I cannot state for certain, New York Times, so just those, the first two were enough. All they did is publish how terrible America is on July 4th. But there was a very, there was a line in the, in the piece in the Washington Post that I think, and I, I mentioned this yesterday, that I really thought was a critical one to understanding the left because they're very difficult to understand because they're they're for only tearing down I don't know nobody knows what they want to build they only destroy whether whether it's it's beautiful architecture great art great music history the definition of man and woman childhood they just destroy the schools, the universities, the most obvious example. So here's a fascinating line. That's the thing about America. It's all about change and always has been. And he italicizes all about. 
So, so the question is not, has the change been good? Is the change good? He thinks America stinks, so maybe the changes haven't been good. You can't have it both ways, can you? It's all about change. I love change. I'm a leftist. In this case, Paul Waldman of the Washington Post. I love change. I live for change. Change is everything. But the country stinks. Oh, so maybe the changes haven't always been good. I'm not for change, and I'm not against change. It's, it, it's moronic. It's empty. It's intellectually vapid. Isn't the question, is change necessary? The second you ask that question, you are no longer a leftist. Is the change necessary? Is teaching five-year-olds that they may not be a boy or a girl, they'll decide? Is that, that's a change, no doubt about it. Is it a good change? Is it a positive change? We shall return 1-8 Prager 776. This is what change looks like. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovit. Man, I completely trust. Owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. I just want you to understand, because the question arises so often, you know, Dennis, are you optimistic, pessimistic? And I've given you my answer so many times. I'll just briefly note, I find both of them unhelpful. If you really believe nothing will come out good, why fight? And if you really believe everything will come out good, why fight? So... If optimism makes you fight, fight. If pessimism makes you fight, fight. I am inclined to not think of either. But I can tell you this. There are a lot of us. You are not alone. It's very important that you know that. There are a lot of us. By the way, talking about that, you want you want reasons for optimism? Watch my Dennis and Julie podcast every week. It's called Dennis and Julie. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. Where is it at Salem, Sean, if they want to listen? Salem Salem Podcast Network. If you want to just listen. We put it up every uh, Tuesday. So this week's, this week's just went up yesterday. And uh, on behalf of Julie, I want to thank you, Sean. No, 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 not you're welcome. Uh, it's on. It's Julie you should say you're welcome to. I was doing it on behalf of Julie. Dennis and Julie, that's the name of it. She's 22 years old. That'll give, She'll give you hope, and, and, and our discussions are unique. Uh, let's go to Syracuse, New York, and Archie. Hello, Archie. Yes, hi, Dennis. Uh... I, uh, pardon us for me being blunt here, but uh, I think the question is kind of stupid and silly because to say if the world if the world would be better off without a or better off or worse with South America is, is uh, unquantifiable. You can't measure it. It'd just be different. You can't. You'd have to say would, everything. Would can be you say it about? America. Can you say it about something we would both agree was horrible? Would Would the world have been better off? Talk about the Holocaust. Or no, well, I was talk about the Hitler generally, not just the Holocaust. Would the world have been better off if Hitler weren't born? I don't know. As we know, we would hope so, but at the same time, who knows? So you you think so? You think the question is stupid about would the world have been better if Beethoven were not born? 
you understand that wait, wait, uh, was uh, already uh, uh, anti-Semitic and there was already uh, that yeah. culture of hatred. Right. Okay. So let's say Nazism. If Nazi Germany didn't exist, would okay. the world be better? You, the idea that you cannot... Uh, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm debating whether to continue this. What do you think? <laughs> you think there's no point. Okay. I feel I feel bad ever hanging up uh, or ending a call, but you, you, you pretty much made your point. You think it's a stupid question. That's why I asked, would the world be better off if there were no Beethoven? I, if we can't make assessments like that, I, I have no anger at, the, at Archie, folks. I, I, I need you to know that he is the product of our educational system. That is an example of the non-clarity of thought. It's not quantifiable. That was that was a perfect. So the, you you the individual. This is what you're taught in American schools, among the other other destructive ideas. You cannot make an assessment with without data. Only data can make an assessment. Basically, we're all to be Google. Who are we to say the world would be better or worse without America, or better or worse without the Nazi uh, Nazi state, or without Beethoven? Uh, you you must understand that you are taught at school in America, and certainly especially at college, you have no ability to make an assessment. Experts will look at the data and they will tell you what assessment to make. That is what happened for the last two years. I cannot assess. I have no ability to assess whether the vaccine is worthwhile or not. I have no ability to uh, ascertain whether lockdowns were good or not. I have no ability to ascertain whether keeping kids out of school for two years was good or not. The experts are the only ones who can make that assessment. That's why the call was important, and I hope you'll call again. I, 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 I have no ill will. It was respectful, it was fine. That is what is taught. As I have said, experts say is to the secular product of college in America what thus saith the Lord is to a traditional Christian or Jew. Thus saith the experts. And you are to shut up and we will shut you up if you challenge experts. They are, for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, they are gods. You don't challenge the gods, and if you do, the gods will suppress you. This is the new religion, one of the many new religions. Feminism, environmentalism, the the socialism, Marxism, the, all these isms are new religions. But there is no bigger religion than the worship of experts. The fact is that the experts are usually stupid people. They're idiot savants. They know data and nothing else. They are bereft of what matters, wisdom. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. 
Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Some things don't leave my mind rapidly. It's true for everybody. If you remembered everything, you'd go out of your mind. <laughs> so the, the the mind, by definition, picks and chooses what to believe. Of course, I wish I believe. Not excuse me, what to believe. That's true too. But picks and chooses what to remember. I wish my mind actually remembered more than it does. I have a good memory, but not a great memory. But that line in the in this Washington Post piece that I read to you yesterday, America is all about change. It's it, it's an insight into the intellectual dishonesty of the left. The, the Justice Department is suing Arizona because Arizona has a voter ID law. So that's a change, correct? Every law is a change, by definition. So does the left like that change? This is what I say when I say that there was no self-awareness on the left. See, I would never say, I am self-aware. So I would never say, I'm pro-change, and I would never say, I'm anti-change. I would say, what's the change about There's good change and bad change. A five-year-old would understand that. Even better than not being binary. They would understand that. There are good changes and bad changes. So this notion America is all about change, it's it's, it's like all these cliches that are not true. Most cliches are true, but all of their lines, like, oh, diversity is a is our strength. No. Diversity is our strength if we keep to a pluribus unum, from many one. Then it's a strength. We have people from all backgrounds who unite on the American life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness doctrine of the the Declaration of Independence or the American Trinity as defined by every coin minted in America and that is e pluribus unum from many one, liberty, and in God we trust. If Americans unite on, on fundamental American values, diversity is a blessing. Otherwise, it's not a blessing. The least diverse countries in the world are ranked regularly, the left boasts about it, as the happiest countries, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Norway, and they have virtually no diversity. Everybody is one color, everybody is one religion, or at least culturally, if not theologically. Everybody speaks the same obscure language. Can't get more obscure than Finnish. So, (laughs) nothing they say ever passes the, is it true test? Because truth is not a left-wing value. They like change that they make. They hate change that conservatives make, which is fine. Then don't say they like change. Like change is, is a dishonest statement. It's empty. Or my favorite, one of my favorite words, vapid. Vapid is empty like a black hole is empty. <laughs> it's like hubris. Hubris is arrogance on steroids. Imagine that. They're suing Arizona. This is truly Orwellian. They're suing this disgusting, vile, Canada-like administration. Is suing the state of Arizona because it will require voters to show an ID. Doesn't that prove to you? I mean prove that they want to cheat in elections. Can you give me one 
valid reason to oppose voters having an ID other than it makes it harder to cheat and the left would like to cheat in every election. Of that, I have no doubt. They consider it a moral imperative to cheat because they are stopping racists and fascists from coming into power. It is a moral demand. What What is... Uh, what is the great line? It is a moral imperative. That's it. Moral imperative. That's how they look at the cheating in elections, as a moral imperative. This, if, is this not proof? If they said no, no ID to get on a plane, wouldn't they therefore want people to cheat about who got on planes? Why is it different for voting? Because they want to cheat. There is no other reason. Hi, everybody. The Male Female Hour on the Dennis Prager Show every Wednesday. Because it is Wednesday. Most honest talk I know of in the American media with regard to men and women. The purpose is that they get along better and understand each other better. That's the purpose. Those are the two purposes. They're very related, obviously. And as I remind you each week, I am neither a man fan nor a woman fan. Any of you who have heard this show more than ten times know how true that is. I am as objective, I think, as a human being can be with regard to both sexes. I have thoroughly assimilated the fact that there are beautiful men and beautiful women and awful men and awful women. And they seem to be pretty much in equal numbers. <laughs> so here's today's topic. I meet a fair number of newlyweds, either just married or about to get married. Just this past week, I spoke again uh, up at the wedding canopy, it was a Jewish wedding, I spoke when a friend's daughter got married. I'm going to tell you a story, by the way, that will blow your minds. Did I tell you the bird story? Is that, not, not, is that bona fide mind-blowing? Listen to this. So this, uh, this dear couple, with whom my wife and I are quite friendly, for many years. They have four wonderful daughters, no sons, four, four truly wonderful, wonderful daughters in every way. And last year, I think this occurred, The this is a story that the wife related to my wife. So I won't get every detail right, but it it matters to my wife, but it doesn't matter to me <laughs> that I won't get every detail right. If she'd come on the show, she would be able perfectly to relate it. So she was telling this woman, the mother of the four daughters, was telling a neighbor or, or a friend. I don't know. I don't know how the woman is a woman. I don't know how she entered our friend's life, but... It seems that she had some succulents she had planted and a bird made a nest there. And, which is very sweet. And the bird laid four eggs. And three of them actually hatched birds. Birds came out of three of the four eggs in the nest and the friend said to our friend that, that I don't know friend that woman said to our friend you have four daughters the three birds that hatched mean that three of your daughters will marry in the next year which is incredible to say how often do three of your children of any sex, of all 56 genders, according to Facebook, 
maybe more today. Anyway, how often will three marry in the same year? None, none were engaged. Uh, I, don't, I think only one was even dating a guy at the time. And she was right. Three, this was the second of the three, and the third is coming up. That's spooky. <laughs> I love those stories. I must admit that if I had known that a bird had laid th- four eggs and three hatched, that would not have been my read. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> I would have thought, that's sweet, <laughs> and moved on with life. I mean, really, I would have thought it's sweet. I would have gotten a kick out of it. Probably would have photographed it. So I am involved with newlyweds frequently, and I did speak. I didn't tell the story under the what they call the wedding canopy at the second daughter's wedding this past week. But uh, I didn't even know about it then. I found out about it later. So when I talk to young couples, or for that matter, now that I think about it, when I talk to any couple and the issue would arise, what advice would I give? So here is my advice. Everybody has advice for newlyweds, and that's fine. And this is not uh, an invitation for you to call in with your advice to newlyweds. I'm totally interested in it, but that's not the topic of today's Male Female Hour. The topic is what I suggest. How do you react to my suggestion? That is today's topic. And my suggestion is that just as you dated and worked to earn the love of the person you were dating and thereby marry the person, just as you sought to win the love, earn the love of the person you wanted to marry, you should continue to date and you should continue to work to earn the love once you are married. This is not popular advice. People have bought the silly notion of unconditional love. It's a silly notion because if you if you take it seriously you realize it's it's silly. There are no conditions under which you would lose my love. Isn't that isn't that odd? To delink love from all moral norms, no matter how awfully you treat me or our children. I will still love you. So I, I, I find unconditional love. And this, this disturbs many of you, and I, and I say it with respect, because I know that many of you differ with me. You have come to believe in the beauty of unconditional love. I have done hours on the subject, and I will revisit it. Anyway, that's, uh, that's not the subject. The subject is, do you agree? Do you have a modification? How do you react to my notion that throughout your marriage you should work as hard to win slash keep your partner's love as you worked to win their love before marriage? Another way of putting this is don't take your spouse for granted. I want to keep doing things that will have you love me. Now, clearly there are times when that's not possible. If one is struck with a terrible illness, there's not much one can do. And I certainly believe that the other spouse should continue to act loving. But under normal conditions, 
working to keep the love of the other person means I don't take you for granted and I will do things that I did before we were married to keep your love as I tried to win your love before we married. Earn is my favorite verb in English, as you know. one eight Prager 776 Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager here. One of the incredible joys of my work is the people that I get to meet. And... For that matter, you get to meet if you listen or watch my show. This is an instance where watching is uh, more valuable because of my guest, Gina Carano. I will officially introduce in a moment. Uh, Sean, remind me where people can watch the show. Salem Podcast Network. Gina Carano came to national fame. She was already famous, but... It, it, it increased because of the controversy that I will have her describe in a moment. But just let me tell you, I'll start at the end. Last week, I was in Nashville, where the Daily Wire is located, and they had quite an evening with their terrific crew of thinkers, Ben Shapiro as well, and Jordan Peterson, and Candace Owens and myself, and it was just a, a, a wonderful evening. And I have rarely seen the showering of love from thousands of people. There were 3,000 people there. As Gina Carano received when she was introduced, she was seated in the audience. And she deserved it, by the way. I was among those cheering. Gina, you might remember... Was a well-known actress, and she was fired in the woke world that we live for speaking out on a on a bunch of subjects. She took issue with preferred pronouns, and uh, she uh, thought that mask wearing. Well, let's put it this way: she said about mask wearing, probably what I have been saying about mask wearing. They let her go, and then Daily Wire picked her up, and she's now in a film which Daily Wire has produced, and it is called Terror on the Prairie, and it's available only at thedailywire.com and well worth seeing. She is also uh, a mixed martial arts fighter. Not many people have had the career you have had, Gina. (laughs) You have lived a number of lifetimes in your uh, in your relatively brief life. Is that fair to say? Oh my gosh, it feels that way. Yeah. Were you surprised by the warmth and passion of the reaction to you that night? Um, it it could still put me in tears right now. Um, well, you cried then, and yeah. and and rightly so, I might add. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that. That was your guys' night. Um, and then they mentioned Terra on the Prairie, and I, I stood up and um, acknowledged the crowd, and they all stood up with me, and it was just, it was one of those really magical, special moments. 
in my life that I'll never forget. What makes someone, I ask this of every person who's involved in dissent from wokeism, and it's, it's not fully answerable, but I ask it anyway. What makes one person sheep-like and another unable to be sheep-like? Uh, is that yeah, your temperament? A, what what I, animated you? I think I've just always been this way. So a, a lot of interesting circumstances um, growing up and just not ever being completely normal in the in the grain of things i guess you say um i just have always beat to my own drum so that's it folks that's the answer (laughs) she marches to the beat of her own drummer and i'll tell you uh, gina what i concluded in the last two years i should have concluded this 40 years ago but i didn't and that is all the good that is ever done is done by outliers. <laughs> you know, I always, I always felt a little bit different. I always felt really felt like I wasn't able to really just join in any group think ever. Um, and now I know that's a fact <laughs> after the last two and a half years and watching all the propaganda and all of the, um, the group think I'm, I actually have confidence now with my own thoughts and my own intuitions. And um, I guess that might come with getting older. But, um, well, it, really it, comes, it comes with meeting people who are kindred spirits. You're not alone. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't think the age issue here is as much a factor as, wow, I'm not alone. Yeah, that's been nice. Still, still a little bit lonely, but... <laughs> no, no, I, I understand that. Well, let me ask you, because I don't know your, your background in this, in this way, obviously. Well, not obviously, I just don't know it. Uh, are you surprised, and I, whatever answer you give is fine, but I'm curious, are you surprised to find yourself acclaimed by people who are called conservative? No, I didn't really... You know, after like the, the two years ago, about 2020, I never really considered myself anything. Um, but so I, you were you were sort of apolitical. Yeah, I had no interest in it. I right. always felt like you know politicians were some of the big, biggest scumbags I've ever met in life. So I never wanted anything to do with them. You know, well, like I, they run the gamut, like uh, like every other profession. That's my view. I mean, there are a yeah. lot of bad and good doctors, bad and good lawyers, bad and good. Uber drivers and bad and good uh, politicians. But anyway, uh, so you were apolitical, but you obviously had the courage to speak out. What you, you were working on what TV series and for whom? Um, I was working for uh, Disney, Lucasfilm, and um, I was on The Mandalorian as Cara Dune. Um, you know, and the way they brought my character... In was just you know she's a soldier she's not a man or a woman she's just a you know she's just a soldier first um, so I don't know in voicing my opinion of some of these more conservative um, thoughts in the last two and a half years I think that maybe I just wasn't fitting their idea of what they thought I was. <laughs> what really ticked them off? Give some examples. Um, it started with the preferred pronouns when, you know, a lot of people on Twitter would pressuring you to put all this in your bio. And I just was simply like, you could put any, anything you want in your bio. And so I put beep, bop, boop. (laughs) Like when I look back at the reasons why they had such a huge problem with me, I kind of cannot believe adults were having this conversation, you know, in the, one of the top is in uh, entertainment business. uh, I mean, Disney, (laughs) is having these conversations with one of their um, actors is unbelievable to me. Um, so it started with preferred pronouns. I put beep, bop, boop in my um, biography area in the Twitter, and they instantly started calling for my firing. Um, I then went into not wanting to pressure masks or um, vaccines or um, lockdowns. I'm not a big fan of lockdowns. And um, 
yeah, so I was very vocal about that. And then, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just wasn't beating to the everything that every other actor in my business is doing, you know, for, I thought we should be talking about this stuff openly. Um, and it appears that only one side's allowed to talk about something and tell you who they voted for. It's, um, I didn't realize any of that. I was kind of a... Oh, of course. If you were apolitical, you just assume you could say anything politically, yeah. right? I thought that uh-huh. when you vote... So you've really, you've really learned a lot in the last three years. Yeah. It's like the blinders got pulled up and now I can't not see everything. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. From seeing nothing to seeing everything overnight. It's overwhelming and it, I I can't not see it now. I can't not see the propaganda. Right, right. I cannot see like this evil. Um, I just, I'm very sensitive to it now. Wow! No, the the transformation is so is so powerful. But remember, you you get a lot of the credit because your nature is not to be part of the herd. It's not that like I didn't try to be part of the herd. I just genuinely didn't fit in. <laughs> right. So right. I totally get it. All right, we'll talk a few more minutes. I want you to all know. Go to dailywire.com. Watch her in her in her just-released movie there, Terror on the Prairie. We'll be back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. And I know that it's time Hi, everybody. I'm speaking with a remarkable woman. The more you know about her, the more you agree with me. Gina Carano, actress, MMA fighter. And, of course, to me, most important, just a fighter in the same way that I feel, not feel, I know, I am a fighter, too. Some people just can't go with the herd. It's both a depressing and wonderful fact of life that it's built into some people. She's one of them. She has a new movie out. She's with the Daily Wire. Daily Wire is doing great stuff, including making movies. They want to offer an alternative, as we're doing with everything now, so as to leave the Soviet-like Disney and the Soviet-like universities, etc., to make our own institutions. So, Terror on the Prairie, is that correct? Yes, that's the movie, and it's available yeah. at thedailywire.com. Can people contact you? Do you have a website? Do you, do you want to be contacted? What's the story? Yeah, um, I have uh, on my IMDb, I have where you can get a hold of my manager. Oh, so, so right. So, you, okay, that's to, to hire you and so on. By the way, I just read, I looked up during the break, so the U- UFC, is that what it is? The, the, yeah, it's a mixed martial arts. UFC is one of the promotions. You're right. So they're, they're offering a big chunk of money for you. If I know who Ronda Rousey is, did I get it right, the name? <laughs> yeah. Then she must be very well known because I admit I, I, <laughs> I don't know women's, well, I don't know men's either. But uh, So this was just eight days ago, USA Today reported that she would come out of retirement to fight you. Right, yeah. Well, that that just gives me an idea of how highly you are regarded as both an actress and a fighter. You you re, you really are uh, a unique specimen. <laughs> Gina, yeah. I, I have to say, would you would, would you consider that? Yeah, you know, I think um I've been looking for a reason to get back in shape, you know, body, mind, spirit. So I think I've neglected my body for you know the last six to a year, and I need to get my mind right again. Um, fighting and being in fight shape feels like it's so far away, but I need to. So I need you know, it on. seems to me, and this may be uh, it's maybe a stretch, but by nature you're a fighter. Yeah. 
I'm, I came out like this. <laughs> right, you came out like that. So that means, among other things, you're not a particularly frightened person. You know, I'm not frightened violence-wise. I'm not frightened... By, by with, COVID? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not frightened with... I, I'm more, I think, anxious. You know, like having deep conversations makes me anxious and um, performing... Uh, that makes me anxious. The physical, the physicality of fighting or anything, that doesn't make me nervous. Right. What was your record <laughs> uh, in, in, in your career? I had 12 uh, wins, one loss, and one draw in Muay Thai. And then um, it's kind of like a kickboxing from Thailand. And then um, I. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. One. It's everything. Right. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I... mixed martial arts, and I was seven and one. In, um, so I've. Seven and one in mixed martial arts. So I've got about, I don't know. Wait, there's a difference? One doesn't allow kicking? Right. So mixed martial arts is when you incorporate all the arts, all the mixed martial arts, um, and anything goes basically with a few rules. Um, no biting, obviously. <laughs> um, and then Muay Thai is just a stand-up art um, that is basically like Thailand's football. It's their everything. So it's I did I did both of those. I fought for about ten years and I've acted for about ten years, and uh, that's where I was getting my life experience. You know, I, I felt I wasn't really clicking with college. I was going to college in Las Vegas for psychology, and it just didn't it didn't reach me like going to the gym and training to, for a fight. And then that took me all over the world and gave me all sorts of different. Um, life experiences <laughs> i look forward to your autobiography oh thank you i think i'll write that later on my grandma um she's about 93 and she says just hold off darling uh -huh. wait a, wait well a at least all right so my advice keep a diary i know you For have sure. to go and i gotta tell you meeting you in person and now having this dialogue has just been a, a wonderful thing for me and, it's it's uh, such uh, a pleasure meeting you. You're a bit of a legend there. <laughs> the emphasis is on bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gina, we will stay in touch. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Thank you. The, uh, before the interview, I said the, the great fortune I have in, in uh, getting to talk to just about anybody. This is a fascinating woman. So this question that I pose to every fighter, and I don't mean MMA fighter, but every fighter against the Sovietization of the United States of America, the, uh, the cowards who run Disney, who bow down to the, the Politburo, it's truly a Sovietization that is taking place. I never thought I'd say it. I never, th I never thought of it. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Got to think that that's what I studied, Soviet Union and communism, learned Russian to read Pravda. And now I, I know English to read the New York Times. Never thought I would say that either. Anyway, I asked these people what makes them tick. How do you become a fighter for good, for liberty, for freedom, and it's just, it is mostly built in. But we can't rely on people fighting only if it's in their nature. This I do know as well. You can become a fighter even if it's not in your nature. That is among the most important things I could say. And at the very least, you can help fighters if fighting is, is just not part of your DNA at all, helping the fighters is just as good. Just as good. My analogy is apt. The troops can't fight without supplies. The people who bring the supplies are as important as the fighters. And everyone I ask this to Jordan Peterson is an example. It, 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 
doesn't matter who the individual is. They just can't handle lying to themselves, which is what the woke want you to do. They want you to lie to yourself. You know humans are male and female. You know that. They're asking you to lie. And most people can do that. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. I was analyzing some of the things Gina Carano spoke about, the actress and MMA fighter, and her then being fired by Lucasfilms of, of the Disney Corporation because of various things she did, including uh, the uh, dismissal of the need for her to list her preferred pronouns. I'd like you to understand something about the telling students and employees you must list your preferred pronouns. This is 100% pure power trip. If we can force you to say something that stupid, then we can force you to do anything. That is what it is about. We can make you do anything and say anything, and this is the proof. None of you have preferred pronouns. That, that is an absurdity. There is a tiny, tiny percentage of people with gender dysphoria or, or who have become a member of the other sex in their identity, and there is no even need to list it. If you look like a woman and have a woman's name, everyone will say she. If you look like a man and uh, talk like a man and have a man's name, everyone will say you are a he. Why is it necessary? Was it necessary five years ago? Why is it necessary today? It's a power trip. These people are exactly like Soviet communists and every other communist. We can make you say, I am a, a piece of dung. They can make you say anything. And most people will say it. And this is the tragedy. Most Americans will go along. I, that's my shock of the last two years. We can tell you to do anything and you will do it. We can tell churches to shut down for no good reason. No prayer. No church. No synagogue. And rabbis, priests, and ministers said, Okay, okay, we march with the CDC. God Schmod, CDC is our God. That's that was that was it. And it was true for Mormons as well as Jews, as well as Catholics, as well as Protestants. All sheep. The leaders were all sheep. My biggest disappointment with the Mormons, to be perfectly honest. Of incredible affection and respect. For, the, for LDS. The failure of will and, and rationality, just rationality. You don't want to come to church, then don't come to church. But we ain't shutting down, folks. In September of 2021, I had 400 people at a Jewish high holiday service I've been conducting for, for about 15 years. And you wanted to wear a mask? Nobody said a word. Wear a mask. I think five people wore a mask out of 400. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to shut down. I wouldn't have shut down in 2020, but I couldn't find a venue in L.A. There was no, there was no place to gather. This preferred pronoun thing is pure, undiluted power. They are laughing at you as you list it. Why wasn't it listed five years ago, let alone 50 or 500? Everybody knows your preferred pronoun by how you look, act, and, and speak, and your name. 
So you don't need one. But if you have a beard and wear a skirt, I don't have to follow your dictates. You have decided to single-handedly crap on the male-female distinction. I don't have to honor that. I honor whatever you decide to become. No problem with me. That they got people to go along with the preferred pronoun. Gina Carano wouldn't go. That she she just awakened me to the to the power trip that preferred pronouns is about. Oh, sure, I'll go along with it. That's what people say, and I understand it. They don't want to get fired, whether as a student, teacher, or employee of Disney, the, the evil. Big stuff going on. The preferred pronoun thing is very important. And Gina Carano, whom I just spoke with earlier in the hour, actually is the one that made me think about this. What they do, the totalitarians, the communists, the Bolsheviks, the Soviets, they make you lie. Once they get you to lie, they own you. You know it's a lie. You don't walk around with preferred pronouns. It's a gigantic hoax. It's a lie. It's a way of controlling people. If I can make you say something that isn't true, that is a lie, because it's a non-issue. Everybody walks around, and nobody asks, what's your preferred pronoun, correct? Does anybody ask that about anybody they meet? People say to me, yes, sir, when I board the plane. Thank you, sir. Did they ask me my preferred pronoun at Delta, American, or United? Why not? Before they say, yes, sir, shouldn't they check it out first? Don't people, don't every one of you who lie uh, uh, about preferred pronouns, every one of you is referred to as a man or a woman everywhere you go, correct? No one asks you your preferred pronoun except at universities, the cesspools of our society. And you spend all this money to send your child to a cesspool. You have no one to blame but yourself now that you you know how bad colleges are and how bad high schools are and elementary schools are. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. You shouldn't have to think Will my child's conscience be destroyed by going to college? How come nobody asks? No one, correct? Nobody asks. Everywhere I go, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. What'll it be, sir, at a restaurant? What'll it be? How come we all, every one of us, even leftists in their world of lies, how come they make assumptions about everyone they meet in real life outside of the university or Disney? How come every single leftist leftist makes an assumption about the sex of everyone that they meet? How come? Because the gigantic lie preferred pronouns. That's what, that's what started Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson was not known to the world. It was the preferred pronoun that, uh, the, that the province of Ontario told him he had to use preferred pronouns. And that's what started him. That's what awakened him to the gigantic lie that all leftism is. It is a gigantic lie. Everything about it is a lie. And the more you get people to lie, the more you control them. I own you when I make you lie. I literally own you. That's why Gina Carano got fired. She wrote beep, bop, and boop instead of she, her, and whatever else the third is. Everybody knows it's a fraud. It's a lie. It's a sham. It's all about power. The moment I get you to lie, I own you. And the left wishes to own you. You will get vaccinated when we tell you to. You will wear a mask when we tell you to. You will go to work when we tell you to. You will not go to school when we tell you to. 
We will tell you about everything in your life. You will do nothing. We will do everything. Thank you. People don't want to realize this. Every single person listening, even a leftist listening to this, knows I'm telling the truth. It's a gigantic lie. Why don't people ask your preferred pronoun in regular life? How come? Why do they all make assumptions? Because assumptions are warranted. That's why. Hmm. One eight Prager seven seven six. Matt in Dallas says I'm worried about Dennis Prager's anger level. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Matt. It's actually good for me because I don't let it eat me. I express it. The people I'm worried about are the people in the closet. When you have to suppress what you know to be true, it eats you up. I don't have to suppress what I know to be true. But thank you for worrying about me. I get regular checkups. I'm in, pre- I'm in very good shape. Yep. That was uh, that was a revelation to me. Just speaking to her. A- ask uh, ask your leftist relative. Do you ever meet anybody? Are you offended? Let's put it that way. Are you offended when you walk onto a plane and they say, "Thank you, sir," or "Thank you, ma'am," "Thank you, miss." Aren't they making assumptions? Are you wearing? Why don't you wear a tag? Here are my preferred pronouns. How come? Because it's all a show. The left is great at shows, like show trials. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.